Truth and Transcendence. Brought to you by Yes, You Now with Catherine Llewellyn. Truth and Transcendence, Episode 9. Loved ones, reactions to your evolving self mastery and love. One of my teachers used to say frequently, You teach best what you most need to learn, which I thought made no sense whatsoever until I realized what he really meant was, You teach best what it is you most had to learn. And I certainly had to learn this thing about how to manage other people's reactions to my evolving self-mastery. And the reason I had to learn was because I made some really bad mistakes early on. When I would go off for a weekend, have an amazing transformative experience, come back and then, then try and force everybody else to go and do the same weekend. It was madness. It was the 70s, to be fair, but it was it was just mad. And um, I lost friends. I alienated people. Everyone thought that I, I'd gone, gone insane, which, you know, maybe I had. But the main thing was I, I just really had no idea how to cope with the whole matter of having a really profound developmental experience and then coming back to my everyday life and relating to everybody else who had not been involved in that same trans- transformational experience. And one of, one of the reasons the way I handled that at the time was so completely out of order was because I was discounting the possibility that other people had their own, their own personal paths of growth and learning and their own personal epiphanies and points of enlightenment and transformation that, that, that mattered to them and that worked for them. I was in the mode of, no, I've done this. This is the only way to do it. Therefore, this is what you've got to do. And how often have we seen people do that or possibly even done it ourselves? We've had a really important growth experience and somehow we then forget that there are all kinds of other ways to achieve equivalent or different or even better outcomes. It's, it's where ego takes over from benevolence. And it really is to be... The thing is, you can't really guard against it because in order to really grow and learn, sometimes we need to throw ourselves into some quite radical experiences. And when we do that... By definition, we, we, we might drop some of our normal social protocols and social norms. So sometimes it's very, very important to do that. But the unfortunate downside of that sometimes potentially is that we then lose sensitivity and basic courtesy in relationship to other people. So something I've often recommended to, to clients, friends, you know, associates, anyone who's about to go and do something significant that could really affect them powerfully, hopefully in a, in a beneficial way, is to warn people that they're going to do it. Let people know, I'm going to go off and do this thing. I don't know what's going to happen. 
I may come back a bit different. I may come back a bit semi-deranged temporarily. I may come back uh, distressed. I may come back exhilarated, euphoric. I don't know how I'm going to be when I get back. Please know, however I am when I get back, I love you now and I'll still love you then. Because that's the real thing that upsets people when someone they love goes away and comes back different or embarks on a program of development and then start to change their behaviour. So sometimes it, they might think this person is no longer the same person who I married, who I went into partnership with, who I went to school with, who I've been best friends with, who I've been working with for years. That's actually not true. They're not not the same person. They are the same person. They're just behaving differently. And it could be that there are aspects of that person that are being expressed now that you've never seen before. Doesn't mean they're a different person. It just means that, that they are bringing out more of certain aspects of themselves. And sometimes when people are going through a, a growth spurt of some sort, sometimes they're a bit clumsy and awkward in the way that they conduct themselves while they're doing it. And sometimes that's temporary and part of the learning process. I spoke in the last in the last episode for this one about healing crises. Sometimes they're going through a healing crisis. So what that means that that if you love them, something that you have to do is to give them the space to do that and be there for them and have some compassion and some acceptance for whatever it is that that is going on with them and trust them. Trust that they are adults, that they are choosing their own choices, that, that they have their own agenda in what they're doing. But again, coming back to the person who's doing the growing, keep in mind that the thing that your loved ones and people around you are are at bottom most afraid of, they may have fears that you're going to harm yourself. But what they've also have fears of is of abandonment and loss. They're afraid that you are abandoning them or that you are going to abandon them. And this is why the the crab pot story uh, rings true. I don't know if you know this story. And I don't know if the, I don't know if crabs do behave like this, but apparently when when you catch a lot of crabs in a sort of submerged basket thing, so that they're, they're in the water, they're in this basket, and there they are being kept safe until they're ready for you to come and um, harvest them and take them away and do whatever you need to do. <clears throat> Apparently, if one of those crabs starts trying to crawl out of the basket to escape, the other crabs will grab hold of it and pull it back down. And this is called crab pot syndrome. This happens with human beings. If somebody starts to crawl up and climb up and reach up. Something which, which can commonly happen is everyone else will try to pull them back down. It's not because 
they hate that person. It could could be, but it, generally it's not. It's not because they think that person's going to harm themselves, although it could be, but generally not. It's more commonly because they're afraid of abandonment and loss. They're afraid that if that person steps out of their pigeonhole and out of their expected uh, realm of behaviour and expression, that somehow they will be lost to their familiar friends, loved ones, colleagues, that somehow they're going to leave everybody behind, that they won't love them anymore, that they will judge them as as wanting in some way. And of course, that fear is taking place very largely on on an unconscious level. So people don't realise that that's what they're afraid of. And so they, and even if they did, it's really difficult to communicate it. Imagine saying to somebody, um, I, I can see that you're going through a really important growth experience. Will you just reassure me that you still love me, that you still think I'm good enough? Who is ever going to make that communication? It's very, very difficult and sensitive dynamic, this one. And which, which is why there, there is no universal solution or remedy for this particular challenge. It's something that has to be encountered and met and engaged with by each individual person for themselves. Looking back over your life, how often have you found yourself in a situation like this where where you've had some sort of awakening, some sort of epiphany, or some sort of important learning experience and you've suddenly found that people around you are having difficulty dealing with the changes in you and how have you coped with it i myself have had situations where i've i've had an awakening and other people around me have found it very difficult they've found it threatening and they've been really, they've been quite upset about it and sometimes when I've been going through a learning experience, sometimes I've not been ready to deal with that because I'm going through, I'm vulnerable myself. I'm kind of half cooked and I don't know how to deal with it. I'm upset about it. I'm distressed about it. And this is something not really very often spoken about. And if it is spoken about, it's kind of diminished and summed up in a an over, overly rationalised way, which takes us away from remembering that this is really quite a significantly emotional, tender, raw, painful experience, potentially, for the person who's undergoing the enormous growth spurt, and for the loved one or the colleague or the friend who is relating with them. So it has to be treated with tremendous care and attention. So if you've got people around you at the moment who are going through awakenings, Keep in mind, they need you there being loving and being present for them and non-judgmental, just as you need to know that they are there for you, being loving and present and non-judgmental. And going back to this thing of, of pigeonholing that I mentioned, there is actually a purpose to pigeonholing. I'm not a fan of pigeonholing myself. I have a bias against it. Because I'm, I'm really a fan of this idea that everybody, everybody can be renewed in any moment. 
We're all a new person in any moment, although I just contradicted myself from saying earlier, someone is not a new person. What I mean is that, that we can be, we can refresh how we are in any moment. In our essence, we're still the same person, the same spirit. However, we can refresh our awareness and our manifestation in any moment, or we can when we're awake and when we're present. And to me, that is, that is an ultimate way to be. However, in reality, in life, we have to navigate a lot of different relationships and a lot of different social dynamics and professional dynamics and emotional and relationship dynamics. In order to do that, we need some kind of a shorthand. And pigeonholing provides a shorthand. So is someone in the pigeonhole of same sex, the other sex? Um, married or single? Uh, a colleague? Not a colleague. Where are they in the hierarchy? Are they higher, lower, or at the same hierarchical level as, as I am? Are they, in my case, British? Or are they French? American? Canadian? Do they have a different nationality? Are they highly educated or not very educated? Are they Republican, Democrat, Labour, Conservative? What are their political leanings? Are they, um, what's their Myers-Briggs profile? There are all kinds of ways in which we, we pigeonhole people. And these are useful as shorthand because it reminds us what we already knew about that person last time and what we've already learned about ways we can relate to that person without having to relearn it all from scratch every single time. So there's definitely a benefit to it. But of course, the dangers of pigeonholing is that we then limit our perception of that person's evolving. So if we're, if we're too fixed on our pigeonholing of somebody, then when they do start to evolve, we might find this just, how dare you step outside your pigeonhole? This is too much. Don't do it. Or we might just have a kind of uncomfortable feeling. Worst case, we feel completely undone by it, knocked, confused, bemused, because we've become so accustomed to how we feel that person fits in, in their pigeonhole. So we need to kind of be able to do both. We need to be able to do a bit of pigeonholing in order to manage things practically. But we also need to be able to let go of that in order to permit other people to manifest in an evolving way in our experience. Because actually, if, if you keep treating someone as if they're inside their pigeonhole, that can interfere with their ability to evolve. And if you've ever had someone do that to you, you will know what I'm talking about. When someone refuses to acknowledge that you are evolving. The, the classic example of this is the parent-child relationship where there comes a point where the child reaches adulthood. And at some point, in order for that child to be able to fully manifest, what they need to do is to translate that relationship into an adult-adult relationship instead of a parent-child relationship. Now, obviously, the parent-child relationship would always exist to an extent between those two people. But in order for the child to really feel fully liberated as an adult, they need to also have a strong adult-adult component to their relationship. And the transition from that, from the parent-child to the adult-adult can be quite problematic 
And it can be so problematic that for some people, it never really takes place. Have you ever had that situation where you, you, you go with your new partner, you go to visit their family for the holiday season and suddenly your partner behaves differently from how you've ever seen them before. You see them slip back into child mode in relationship to their parents. This can still happen if your partner is 40, 50, 60 years old. Even if they only do it for a couple of days a year, it's still there. So I think we can all think of examples of this of this particular dynamic where over pigeonholing really does not help. So yeah, we, we when we go into our important learning experiences and our awakenings and so on, we, we don't know what's going to happen. And that's obvious because if we knew what was going to happen, then nothing new would happen. So by definition, we don't know what's going to happen. So preparing people for that is quite a good idea. But then the question arises, how much of your process do you share and how do you share it? Now, this is really highly, highly individual. I've worked with people who've decided to share a lot about their process right at the beginning. And I've been invited along to meetings where someone has um, uh, in a board meeting and made an announcement to the board that they are about to undergo or have just started undergoing a significant learning process. And they've invited me along because they want the board to ask questions and there may be some questions that, that, that he can't answer, but I can answer about the nature of the process we're embarked on. And that's quite brave to do that. And that requires quite a lot of confidence. And it also requires quite a mature board and quite a mature relationship between the chief exec or the chairman, whichever it is, with that board to do that. If you've just taken over as chairman or chief exec and you don't know them very well, I would not necessarily recommend that that particular um, approach unless you want to do that as part of your learning experience. You know, some people really want to take some risks because part of what they want to work on is their relationship with risk. In which case, fantastic, do it. You know, what is the worst that could happen? So it's, you know, all of this means that it's important to pay attention to those other people around you when you are going through your learning process. When your people are going through significant learning processes, it's important to keep an eye on them and how they are interfacing and engaging with their colleagues. And if, if you know their social sphere with their social sphere and in your communities, some of you listening to this run social communities. And in those situations, there's perhaps more permission to talk about these things. And perhaps more of an opportunity for roundtable conversations and fishbowl processes and things like that, circle discussions, where you can actually invest some energy and some time into these sorts of dynamics. Something which is really good to watch out for when when we're going through these important learning experiences and also to watch out for when your people are going through significant learning is the desire to fix people to fix the people who are not going through the learning process. And all I would say to that is just don't do it. 
remember you're not you're not going through your learning process as a result of somebody else fixing you you are fine already and you are choosing to go through a process of evolving because you want to do that and you're building on your your existing strengths to do it you're not doing it because there's because there's something wrong with you and you want to be fixed so just extend that same courtesy to those around you because as you go through your learning process your senses and acuity are going to be heightened you're going to be much more astute to noticing distresses and imbalances and out of syncnesses in other people but just remember that part of what you're noticing could be projection it may not be real so yes you're much more sensitive and yes you don't know for sure that you're right but what you do know is that trying to fix people when they haven't asked you to help them with something is not courteous and actually is not conducive to those people evolving and then of course when you come to a macro scale you are then going to be looking at your organization and your community and your family and you're going to start to get some really interesting and really good ideas about how to make changes so again it's important to bear in mind and of course it'll be not that hard for you to keep that in mind because when you're going through a significant learning experience you you'll have a first hand engagement with what it's like to go through those changes yourself so again extend that sensitivity to those around you to your organization to your community to your family and just remember that if changes are going to be made they must be done with sensitivity so i i think uh, i hopefully i've illustrated that there's no short quick answer or quick fix on any of this but really to highlight the importance of being attentive to your loved ones and their reactions to your evolving self mastery and remembering love as a key ingredient in those relationships and equally to keep an eye on all of that in your people when they're going through their significant learning processes so the invitation today is to actually have a look at an ebook which i put together during 2021 having done a bit of research into the experiences people had during 2020 and early 2021 around the the whole uh dynamic that was going on globally around the virus and what i really came to conclude from that is that thinking for ourselves is a vital priority right now and for the next phase so if you're curious about that and would like to have a look at that ebook go to yesyounow.today/thinking that's yesyounow y e s y o u n o w .today/thinking and there you'll be able to sign up for the ebook so thank you for listening Enjoy reading about thinking for ourselves and I'll see you next week. You've been listening to Truth and Transcendence, the regular weekly podcast from Yes You Now with Catherine Llewellyn. For more information, head to yesyounow.today/podcast.